This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Stu, triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. Fidel Castro, we, we lost him. We're still in mourning. We lost him. Well, we got to be in mourning for in Cuba. It's nine days. I think here we're going eighteen. Yeah, I think that's I think nine's <laughs> enough. Nine is not enough. Double it up. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're in serious, severe mourning right now. We're yes, we may smile on the outside. Inside, we are. Sobbing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, we're almost Jill Stein level disturbed by this. Um, Yes, it's really almost, almost not quite, almost uh, Justin Trudeau uh, despondent over the death of. It's close. It's close. And our dads didn't even know him. (laughs) No. So (laughs) Uh, apparently uh, Pierre Trudeau did, and they were close friends. He he Uh, did know him. Yeah. And uh, passed that love of Fidel down to his son, Justin, who now also uh, leads Canada. And Canada and Cuba, I've always considered brother countries. <laughs> uh, because they both start with C. They do. They, they well, that's, that, was both, your, that was the main part of your yes, analysis, I yes will Yes, it was. Yeah, you also included China and Chile. <laughs> yes, I did. In that. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, is, it's a close-knit family between... Cuba, Canada, China, and Chile. I wouldn't say it was a deep dive, uh, but uh, <laughs> no, we're in kind of shallow water. Yeah, here. a little bit. That's okay though. But um, that's that's us. Yeah. We're 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 an inch deep, but a mile wide. We're very wide. Okay. I will say that. Uh, as someone who actually knows a lot about Cuba and uh, and is really. I mean, he's one of the. He's written multiple books on the topic. Uh, Umberto Fontova is with us uh, now, uh, and uh, I think Umberto is in serious mourning as well. Oh, you must be so broken up. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Th- thanks a lot for the invite, guys. Uh, yeah. You do realize that it's the height of the hunting season, duck and deer season <laughs> oh, in the wow. bayous of Louisiana, where I live. So I'm dressed for the occasion, ready to scoot out of here up to my deer stand when it's over. But I said, for my friends, Pat and Stu, I'm going to delay the hunt a little bit. Baby. As a matter of fact, I got the news. I heard the news today. Oh, boy. I got the news Sunday uh-huh. when I was 25 feet in a tree in my climbing stand hunting deer. But, oh, my goodness. It, these people have no respect. And then I ended up doing two or three radio interviews from the tree. 
But you know, <laughs> it scares away the deer. No respect. No oh. respect to do it during the hunting season. Yeah, well, we're disappointed so we didn't get a tree-based interview from you. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. we we definitely want to get your perspective because I mean, you've been you've talked to us many times before about this, right. and it's amazing to see the way the media is trying to canonize this guy like he was some hero and brought freedom and, and education and health care. Can you kind of take on some of their actual complaints here? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it took me an entire book to try to explain this phenomenon, and that's why it's titled The Longest Romance, mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Mainstream Media and Fidel Castro. <laughs> he called that one. You have to write a whole book to expose this thing, and then you got to write another one called Hollywood's <laughs> Favorite Tyrant. You see, because really there's no rhyme or reason for it. And what makes it so interesting is that it would be those very people, celebrity Hollywood types, uh, beatniks and stuff, who were sent to concentration camps, to yes. forced yes. labor camps in Cuba, unless they played the regime's game. And we're talking about a regime that jailed and tortured political prisoners at a higher rate, at an equal rate, as Stalin's regime during the very height of the Great Terror in the 1930s. And they murdered wow. more political prisoners in their first three years in power than Hitler's regime murdered in his first six. And they drove... 20 times as many people to die trying to escape from Cuba yeah. as die trying to escape from East Germany. Mm. You know, so when, when that's in the back of your mind and you're hearing these things from Trudeau and from mm-hmm. Obama and from Jimmy Carter, my mm-hmm. goodness, I don't even want to get into Hollywood. Oh, I know. Umberto, <laughs> you made the comparison between his regime and uh, uh, his atrocities and, and Hitler's. Is that per capita or is that just straight up numbers? No, no, that's why I say at a higher rate. A higher rate. At one point okay. in 1961 and 1962, mm. one of every 17 Cubans was a political prisoner, Jeez. either in a wow. forced labor camp or in a prison. Uh, Ms. Ann Applebaum, who wrote what I consider the most definitive book, on the uh, Gulag Archipelago, she mentions that at any one point, there were about two million Russians in the Gulag during the 30s. Two million, but that was out of a population mm-hmm. out of about 220 million. So if mm-hmm. you do the math, which I did, you'll get to those pictures. Now, the murders are in absolute numbers. Fidel Castro murdered more political prisoners out of a population of 6.5 million people at the time than Hitler murdered out of a population of 70 million at the time. You're not going to hear that any place except on this show. This it's absolutely crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. And, and you see the reaction. In the East Germany, think mm-hmm. about it. Would it occur to anyone that to hail like they hail this guy, Walter Ulbricht or Eric Honecker, the dictators of East Germany. No, even a liberal, if you hold his feet to the fire, would say, well, gosh, East Germany was a terrible, terrible place. All you had to do is look at that wall and they were killing people. Who, look, why did so many people try to escape from East Germany? So, hey, guess what? East Germany had free health care, too. Just like <laughs> but 20 times. 20 times, about 250 people died trying to escape over the Berlin Wall. About from 20, we don't know yet, from 20 to 46,000 have died horribly at sea, eaten alive by sharks, trying to escape 
Fidel Castro's Jeez. handy. That's a staggering figure. That is a, that is a stag. Do Umberto, from your experience, do media types who who you know sing his praises do they just not believe these figures, or are they just totally ignorant of them? What, what do you think is going on there? There's a lot of things, but if you got to remember, you're not going to get a Havana bureau. NBC, ABC, CBS is up, are not going to get a Havana. This is a totalitarian regime. People have forgotten what that means. I have to keep reminding myself that a whole generation has come up since the fall of the anchor. It's totalitarian. So to get a Havana Bureau, all the major networks have them. You're going to have to play their game. You see, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example, a direct example. Several years ago, remember when Michael Moore came out with Sicko? Yeah. Sicko, the movie. Oh, mm-hmm. and Cuba's hospitals were just the most wonderful thing in the world. Cuban yep. healthcare. And he showed pictures of Cuban hospitals. Well, those hospitals were the ones that served tourists and the Communist Party hierarchy. Cuban dissidents got so outraged because Castro naturally was showing Sicko all over the island. Fidel Castro has called Michael Moore his favorite filmmaker. Mm. But the point is, Cuban dissidents saw that movie and they were so outraged. They say the world's going to believe this like they believe all the other lies that they snuck little cameras into actual, actual Cuban hospitals. And they took film of what the horrors and their flies over the flies, no mattresses on the bed. And they snuck the film out and ABC was going to show it. And that's when John Stossel was with ABC, and ABC was going to show it, and guess what? The regime got wind of this, mm. and they called in the ABC people. Hey, you know, if y'all show this stuff, we're going to have to really scrutinize, uh, uh, you know, your visa. Uh, in other words, ABC mm. caved. They mm-hmm. caved. They did not. They showed a very sanitized version of the tapes. The dissidents called my contact in Miami horrified. They said, this is awful. We literally risked our lives to get this stuff. And now ABC caves. I said, before you despair, let me get on the phone. Let me call some people who don't have Havana bureaus. Mm. So I called O'Reilly and Hannity, and they called me back instantly. And Hannity did a show on it. You can see it on YouTube. What Michael Moore didn't show you, but I'd sue that not not to plug Fox on this show, That's but right. to tell you, but to tell you how they manipulate the media, you know, yeah, outside they, of the, many of them who already have sympathies. Yesterday, uh, I didn't even know, but I was on MSNBC, oh. and Soledad O'Brien was there, was singing the praises of Fidel Castro. And basically, I just told him what I just told you all a few seconds ago. I mean, what does it take? What does Castro? have to do to make a liberal <laughs> matter. You tell me, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, Alberto, one of the things he ha- he actually did was try to convince the Soviet Union to launch a first strike nuclear attack on our homeland. Uh, and you mentioned in, in a couple of your books uh, as well that with him and, and underneath him, Che, went after and tried to have terrorist attacks uh, in the United States and tried to support terrorist efforts in the United States to kill innocent civilians. I mean, it wasn't even him oppressing just his own people. He wanted us dead, too. Black Friday of 1962. In fact, I just wrote about this. There was a terror plot that targeted Macy's, mm-hmm. Gimbel's, Bloomingdale's and Grand Central Terminal on the day of the Macy's parade mm. on Black Friday of 62. 
We had J. Edgar Hoover running. We had an FBI at the time who actually did their job. <laughs> okay? <laughs> they infiltrated the plot because back then they used uh, human intelligence more than computers. So they infiltrated the plot and they rounded it up. It was the Cuban mission to the United Nations doing it in mm. concert with members of the Fair Play for Cuba Committee in New York. That outfit became very more famous exactly a year later, but they cracked the plot. 500 kilos of TNT were go off. Macy's, can you, 9-11 would be known as the second most horrible attack. Macy's gets 50,000 shoppers that one day. Not at the mm. same time. But can you imagine the carnage? And that's just and one that's, of the stars. Yeah. Still, yes. yeah. And that's the guy who is being hailed by prominent New Yorkers yeah. right now. Well, you can't make it up. You can't make it up. Sure, Alberto. But this guy is referred to by his peers as El Comandante. Uh, he, <laughs> Thank you. He was a long-serving leader uh, for 50-some yeah. years. Uh, he was beloved by his people. <laughs> we saw a, uh, I saw a report on Sunday on... I'm not sure if it was ABC or, or NBC. Um, I can't remember. But they, they were talking to people on the street about how wonderful Fidel was. And, of course, they're saying good things about him. They have to. His brother is still in power. So as they're saying all these uh, you know wonderful things like he'll always live in their hearts and all that stuff, you see these 1950s vehicles driving down the street behind him. And you, you realize that Cuba has not progressed one iota. It's as if it's still 1959 in uh, Havana, Cuba. And yet the media who goes there to, to do these flowery stories, right. don't. They, it doesn't sink in for them. They, they, they don't make yeah. the connection there that this guy held this island nation hostage for 60 years. Well, like I said, it's, it's part of that, but they've got to play the regime game if they want to keep their job in Havana. But here's the most amazing thing. Prior... To Castroism, Cuba had a higher standard of living than much right. of Europe. Yeah. Cuba took in more immigrants it was vibrant. before Castro as a percentage of population than did the United States. And that includes the L- people used to be, you know, in Finn, more as desperate to enter Cuba as they are now to escape from Cuba at the risk of their lives. Yeah, I mean, the mob moved in. There must have been some appeal, right? The mob's not moving into Angola. Uh, They went into Havana because there was money to be made there. It was a vibrant economy. Uh, There was was tourism. There was a lot of things going on in Cuba. And and he stopped all that. He crushed all that. Yeah, well, I I address that issue in the book, by the way. Cuba had, Havana had 44 hotels in 1958, 44, and mm-hmm. the mob reputedly had an interest in seven of them. So the okay. mob was in Cuba, but it mm-hmm. did not run Didn't Cuba it, right. any more than it ran Las Vegas or New York. Right. In fact, probably less than Las Vegas. One, I, I ran the numbers. In 1955, one Las Vegas casino, the Riviera, had more gambling action, slot machines, roulette tables, than the entire island of cuba but that's not what most people saw in godfather 2 so they don't believe me right (laughs) alberto Fontoba, you have a first of all a great article on faith wire here's a handy list of atrocities for everyone glorifying fidel castro uh that you need to read and and hold up the books one more time so people know know what they look like yeah this is this is what you got to get a hold of here Mm -hmm. folks Mm -hmm. these are great longest romance okay Mm -hmm. 
the mainstream media and Fidel Castro because it's the longest romance. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Fidel, Hollywood's favorite client, they love him over there. You know, it's, it, it mm-hmm. dwells on the, the celebrity and media worship. And then after I have this worship, I list the atrocities and say, what is going on? Have people lost their minds? Mm, I think so. Uh, Umberto Fondova, thanks for coming on the program. Appreciate Thank you, amigo. Anytime. All right. Get to your deer hunt. Good a buck. There you go. <laughs> All right. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is our uh, phone number. Uh, I want to talk to you about Bowl and Branch. Uh, you want to talk about a great present uh, for the upcoming holiday. Uh, Bowl and Branch is uh, is a great way to go. You're talking about the most luxurious sheets you can buy, uh, except not at the prices uh, what you usually would associate with the most luxurious sheets you could buy. I gotta believe that you can't buy uh, at least in, uh, in in Castro's Cuba many years ago. You could not buy. Bowl and branch sheets. You could not get. You were wearing no. the scratchy sheets. You no, had the scratchy right. sheets. It was rubbing up against your skin. It was giving you rashes and stuff. That's not bowl and branch. And what I love about bowl and branch is really high quality sheets. They're made from organic cotton. It hasn't been tortured. It hasn't been harmed in any way. Oh my gosh. And as a matter of fact, it's it's. I mean, these are thick fibers. They don't take a bunch of little strands and wrap them together and string them up because they're all weak and they have to take five to make one. And then they call that five, and that's how they inflate their thread count. Thread count. What Bowling Branch has figured out is that thread count doesn't really mean anything. Uh, the quality of the thread means something, and it means a great sleep for you. So make your bed a better place. Try Bowling Branch for 30 nights, and they'll even ship it free. And if you're not completely in love with these sheets, just send them back, and you'll get a full refund. Get the Christmas shopping done now. Anyone you know, maybe a newly married couple, I mean, you know, your kids, anyone you think could really appreciate a good night's sleep, which, by the way, is everyone. Bowling Branch is a great present. BowlingBranch.com. Use promo code Blaze to save $50 off your first set of sheets. Spelled B-O-L-L and Branch.com. BowlingBranch.com. Promo code Blaze. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and, and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Uh, you know what should be illegal is burning the American flag, and nobody should have that freedom of uh, that sort of political speech. Well, just just uh, to clarify, that's in the flag, um, the flag code. To get rid of, of the flag, you have to. Yes, in the good and plenty clause of. No, the, I mean seriously, in the code of how to handle <laughs> an American flag, when you get rid of it, you have you're supposed to burn it. Well, yes. However, so you can, I'm not talking about when you're getting rid of it. I'm oh, talking so about getting rid of it by throwing it on the ground and burning it. That should not be allowed. So it's the intent of the burn. That yes, is the problem. it's the intent Got of it. the burn. And if anybody does that or steps on it or treats it with disrespect in any way, shape, or form. 
They need to put it in prison. Be, they need to be put into prison immediately. I, I advocate no trial, uh, as a matter of fact, because it pisses me off so much. They don't deserve one. And if you see them do it, then you've, you've already got your proof. You don't have to prove it in, in a court of law. You take them directly to prison and you leave them there. So, amen. I, I, this amen. is a, it's funny. We can go back. We've told this story on the air before. Back in, I don't know, 2010 ish, maybe, we were in Utah uh, at an event um, with Orrin Hatch. Um, yeah. And we, oh. and we, we had a, a meeting behind closed doors with him. And, and you know, we, he, I, I don't think, I don't know if he's talked about this publicly. I know Glenn has. Um, yeah. And it, he was talking to us, uh, nothing off the record, but just saying, like, how he, what he believed was the right things, and we were going back and forth. And he mentioned being very proud of the 2006 attempt to, uh, I think it was 2006 attempt, um, to constitutionally uh, ban flag burning. He was trying to get a flag burning amendment. Amendment. Um, And most conservatives voted for it. We're like, what? Right. But his reasoning for it was not necessarily about the flag. It was about it activated voters to come to the polls (laughs) To vote for Bush, I mean, it was 2004 then. I don't remember, uh, but it was to vote for conservative causes, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, it was going to get people inspired to do that. And he and was I think talking he about a brilliant strategy. We were going to believe that was wonderful, a great strategy. And and the weird thing about it, though, was we were talking about something completely unrelated to that. We yeah. were asking about a policy on a separate issue, and I don't remember what it was. And rather than address that question and that concern that we had about his policy, he goes to the well. You know what I've done is I've uh, I, I've proposed a, a flag burning of it. We're like, what? <laughs> where, where did that I, come from, Oren? It was out of the blue, and he was so proud of it. And we're, none of us were for that. We're, what about the first it was amendment? Little, yeah, to, yeah, right. Uh, you yeah. know, to the constitution. Constellation. Constellation. The first constellation of it. Yes, and. Uh, and he was oblivious to any of that. Yeah. Oblivious. I, look, I understand. And, he, you know, I... I none under- of us like it to be burned. No, right. I mean, I, none of us want the, the American flag to be burned. So, I mean, you know, it's like it, it's, it, it was ruled in the Supreme Court that it was constitutional to burn the flag. So you, I think you'd need an amendment. That well, the, it has to be. And, and every year uh, they pass it in the House uh, overwhelmingly in yeah. the House to, to try to ban um, the flag burning. Ask him bad about it. It's conservatives, but it's also... Uh, Democrats join that effort because people like the flag and they wear a pin on their shirt all the time. And, and they think right. that I think they believe veterans are behind that. Yes. Talk to veterans about that. What they'll usually say, what I've heard veterans say almost universally is I, I, f- I fought for the right to burn that flag if that's what they want to do. Now, I disagree with them burning the flag, but I fought for their right to do that. I, I, I was just seeing a protest where they removed the flag from a Massachusetts college. It was uh, Hampshire, right? Hampshire College or something. Oh, it was, it was Hampshire in, College? Yeah, in Amherst, okay. Massachusetts. Yeah. And uh, there was a thousand vets there to protest. And two of them said, we're here protesting their right to do this, but I want them to know how much it hurts me. I, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. And, and a really patriotic, really cool way to go about it. Um, so the flag burning, while none of us like it, we don't agree with it, I don't want you to do it, but should it be illegal? No, that's it's insane. Right, but, but it's, it's insane in, on, on the level of typical Republican and, honestly, many Democrats' insanity. I, it's not insane. 
It's just like, I get what you're doing. Everyone wants to be patriotic. Everyone yeah. loves the country. But, I mean, in reality, banning someone from burning um, a, a, a flag is, to me, nonsensical. Um, you know, it's a symbol. It's an important symbol. But, I mean, if someone wants to deface a symbol, assume, I mean, obviously there's laws about burning things in public areas. You're not allowed to burn anything. Um, you can't set a garbage can on fire in a public area, so there are laws against that. But, I mean, if it's in a controlled environment, it's not endangering anyone, I, I don't think you should ban it. But Trump, of course, mm -hmm. has gone much beyond that. The typical Republican thing is we need a constitutional amendment to ban this. It is typical. Um, he's yeah. saying it they is. should lose their citizenship or go to prison for a year. <laughs> lose yes. lose their citizenship. Do we have the tweet uh, by any chance? Uh, wow. The, the Trump tweet. Yeah, Jeff, can you look at that Trump tweet from this morning? Because it was, uh, you know, people who burn the flag is really bad, uh, but they should either go to prison for a year or lose their citizenship. Holy cow, now, that's you, you, amazing. As a president, you don't get to tell people when they lose their citizenship. That's not how this works. Wow. Um, and nope. also, it would be completely unconstitutional. In fact, he hasn't tweeted since. And what was it? Uh, nobody should be allowed to burn the American flag. If they do, there must be consequences. Perhaps loss of citizenship or year in jail. <laughs> that is... <laughs> What? That is outrageous. He got uh, 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 110,000 likes, 39,000 quoted tweets, 31 reply, 31,000 replies. Right. I mean, look, people are. There's hand. You can't. This is typical Trump, right? Yes, if you are a constitutionalist, you <laughs> can't agree with that. He's not. Um, so I guess uh, they're, they're, they said that. We're just and now, a conversation. Um, right. Exactly. I mean, and again, he is he is treating it. We've been called out so many times for taking things literally when we're just talking off out of our ass. And obviously, he's tweeting out of his ass there. Probably while on the toilet, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it's possible. Um, it was like, seemed very early in the morning. Um, here, his, now his team is, of course, set in. I mean, we've seen this pattern over and over again. Now his team is set into defense <coughs> to try to make those comments seem like they could theoretically be constitutional. Watch. Can we agree that there's constitutional law, that burning the flag, as much as we might hate it, is defended First Amendment speech? Uh, Chris, I mean, the flag burning is completely ridiculous, and I, I think you know that, and I think the vast majority of Americans would agree. But legal. Uh, but I, but legal. Uh, I mean, but Chris, it's, it's completely ridiculous, and I yeah. don't think there's a, a big universe of people out there who support flag burning. It's, it's terrible, and it's, it's despicable. But the big news, answer. though, Chris, this morning, you saw this, I know we're going to get to it. Dr. Tom Price to run HHS right. like, and Misima Verma to run CMS. Two additional administration <laughs> picks that had a big, big it's impact for appealing Obama. I want to talk about those, but, you know, when the president-elect says something, when the president of the United States says something, we've got to listen. Uh, when he says that something should be illegal that is a protected constitutional right, I'm not saying I like it, but that's a big part of the First Amendment in this country. A frustrating, maddening part of it is that you've got to respect people's ability to say what you don't like to hear. The president just said burning the flag should be illegal. And he's it absolutely. is a protected constitutional right. Can we agree on that? <laughs> no, we completely disagree that this issue... You don't think what? that the Constitution I has been defended by the Supreme Court in 1969 as validating burning the flag as free speech? Chris, absolutely should be illegal. But again, uh, we know why we're here this morning. We're going to talk about transition team. We're going to talk about what this <laughs> government is going to do for the American people. And uh, I think most Americans would agree with me that flag burning should be illegal. It's, it's completely despicable. But it is constitutional. You do know that. The president knows that. More importantly, the president-elect knows that, right? That there's constitutional. No, it, it, it should be illegal, Chris. 
I mean, first yeah, of all, I think Guy just sticks to it. Okay, Chris Cuomo does a good job there. He I know does. he's a douche all fame. Yes, he does. Uh, he earned that a couple of years ago. Yes, he But did. he does a good job there. And, uh, and honestly, yep. listening to him uh, the last year or so, he does uh, it's often does he a, has, a pretty decent job. He has job. tried yes. to fight his way out yeah. of the hall. Right. Well, well, I don't well, think he, it, no that's one wants That's impossible. B, no one would want that, obviously. When you have an honor like that, you want to keep it. But Even Ty Cobb couldn't beat his way out of the yes. baseball hall of fame. <laughs> he hated as he was. <laughs> he couldn't do it. Uh, but on the, on the, on the, like, I would almost be annoyed at my communications director for not defending me. He won't defend the comments. He's saying, well, we, we think it should be illegal. That's not the question. The question is, is it constitutional? And you can mm-hmm. say, look, there's, the old Republican way of talking about this was, uh, you know, yes, it's constitutional. We need an amendment to make it unconstitutional. You could get away with that statement. I, I don't like you, what you can't get away with, with this. What he just said, right. which is no, it should be illegal. You, we agree it's constitutional. No, we don't. It's ridiculous. It should be illegal. That's not the no. It, first of all, it is constitutional. It, it's ridiculous to say otherwise. And and again, we know it's ridiculous to burn an American flag. We all understand that. Nobody wants it to happen. I, I'm extremely offended when it happens, and I want to punch the people who do it. I, re, I resist that temptation, <laughs> just as I resist the temptation to take away their First Amendment right. It's just... I, these people, you try Look, so great. hard here, to give them a shot. We're here to talk and about the And then they the do this. HHS. We're here to talk about the new HHS. Today, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I, that sounds great, I mean, Matt, but. Oh, they're terrible. We made some, we made some appointments yesterday we want to talk about. <laughs> I mean, again, I, you know. Just unbelievably bad. I think we, what we wanted to do is, you know, Trump wins. We were not Trump supporters, as you know. We try to give him a fair chance to, to prove what he does. I think we can fairly say at this point that. There's no big transition coming as he becomes president. No. He's going to continue to do the stuff no. he's been doing, the kind I mean, of crazy we're still tweets. trying to be hopeful. Yes. I, you know, but, but I mean, wow, that's not will, a good start. No, I, I think the pattern is clear that he's going to continue to do it. Now, it yeah. depends on what he tweets about, right? I mean, he might tweet about things that are good. He might tweet that tweets that seem a little bit off, but they're about good topics, things like that. Uh, you know, but I mean, he's not going to stop doing this. Well, the Fidel I, thing oh, no was a way. good example of that. Right. The Fidel yeah, Castro great. thing. Great. Like, Fidel is dead! Exclamation point. That's not how a my president-elect wife told me behaves. That, that my wife told me that. She said, uh, Fidel Castro died. And I said, that my first, well, that's great. That was my first thought. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank God for the Cuban people. But you're not but the I mean, president of a, the United States. A, I'm not the States. president. And B, I kind of caught myself after that. I was like, well, look, I am happy he's gone because it was, yeah. he's a bad, but I mean, you know, yeah. as celebrating death is probably not exactly the right, right. way to do that, but whatever. Which he's is why. Terrible. And he deserves to die. When people have requested that we do the Happy Days uh, song <laughs> to it, it, it seems a tad inappropriate. Yeah, I don't Even know that it is, but I, it, I don't it's, know. it's borderline. It, it just borderline. However, it's definitely inappropriate from the President of the United States. I mean, like, it, uh, I mean, however, I enjoyed that moment. I straight out enjoyed it. I like I like that he did it, uh, even though he shouldn't have done it. He, he is not in office to please moronic talk show hosts. Um, however, he seems to think he is at times. Um, and, uh, you know, this is going to continue and I think it's going to be a problem. We can talk about his appointments, but I think are important. I mean, Price seems like a generally a good pick. For HHS, when you're, if you're against Obamacare and you, and you like the conservative approach, he was an opponent of Obamacare. His uh, his approach uh, to you know it's it's repeal and replace, and it has a lot of the elements of Paul Ryan's plan in in his plan. But those elements are pretty good. I mean, it's certainly better than what we have. Um, you know, I think 
the Trump people might be upset that Paul Ryan's plan is the same as the guy that he uh, appointed because they hated Paul Ryan so much. But I mean, Paul Ryan's plan, I think, was generally speaking, pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, it's not ideal. I mean, I, you know, Rand Paul and Ted Cruz are going to do better on health care for me than uh, than Paul Ryan is. But OK, I think a pretty normal pick, uh, a normal conservative administration pick. Um, he also had uh, Elaine Chow today, which is a questionable one for me. I think she, generally speaking, is a a good pick uh, for an established. Like Jeb Bush would would absolutely appoint Elaine Chow to Secretary of Transportation, and, be, and it would be a very normal pick. Um, same thing with his uh, Secretary of Education, who Jeb Bush praised uh, gushingly after he named it. A lot of, uh, if anything, if you were worried about is he going to go too establishment or he's going to go too alt right. Generally speaking, I would say he's leaned establishment. Bannon, who is obviously uh, in that alt-right sort of world, um, as he's described himself, was named to a high-level advisor role, but not a cabinet position. Sessions was a loyalist and, and named. Flynn was a loyalist and named to a high-level position. But generally speaking, I would say he's leaned more just Washington, typical Washington. I mean, you can't drain the swamp by naming someone who's already served as Secretary of Labor and is the wife of the city of this of the Senate Majority Leader. I mean, it's just it's absurd uh, to say you're draining the swamp. This is like basically the most establishment pick you can possibly make. And now the person who needs to approve and push for your stimulus package with transportation, he's, he's married to the person who's the transportation secretary. I mean, this is this is the swamp. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the swamp. And so everyone's talking about what drain the swamp. That is the swamp that he was saying he was going to drain. And he is, I mean, it's almost more overt than anything I've seen in a long time. Instead of draining it, he's topping it off. Yeah. Well, right now is you what can't drain doing. the swamp without putting some water in it. <laughs> yes. Amazingly, is that what you're saying? Yeah. You're saying we can drain the swamp without putting water in the swamp? Yes. No. That yes, that's what done. we're saying. We have to, can not be done. You need a swamp lesson yeah. uh, to understand uh, how and that a, works. And a drainage. Uh, lesson, I think, as well, Whatever. might be appropriate at this point. Um, but we'll uh, be back in a second. Mm. Whatever. I'll try to explain that to you. By the way, Trump won Michigan officially. That was uh, not decided. Yay! Yesterday. About ten thousand votes. Ten or eleven thousand votes. for you, uh, probably one you like very much, if it hasn't already been ruined. Uh, Mark Hamill, who plays Luke Skywalker, has just said, I'm in total denial of uh, Trump's pending presidency. If you look at what's being assembled for our government, it's like, yikes. It's a who's who of really despicable people. Uh, who? Is really despicable. I mean, I think you could make a legitimate case that Bannon is despicable. Um, yes. Of that, uh, okay, yeah, but he's not. Know. He's not, he's not part cabinet. of the government. No, he's not in the cabinet. You might think that Mark Hamill doesn't know that, right? I mean, he you, probably you might believe he's that. just heard his name. Yes, that's very, very possible. But I mean, I think you can make a case on that one. Outside of that, I mean, Sessions. I mean, people don't like Sessions because he's a hard, he's an immigration hardliner, and they're bringing up a case in the '80s where he had some accusations of racism. Um, you know, I mean, he was elected senator. It was 30 years ago. Right. Um, you know, 
Uh, they didn't have a problem with Robert Byrd, who was a member of the KKK. Right, exactly. And they didn't care about that. Jeez. I mean, you know, people were, you know, prices against <clears throat> Obamacare. But, I mean, that's just a conservative position. Obviously, if you don't like them, you think that's despicable. Uh, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Good luck with that. Good he luck. said, it's tempting to say, well, I'm moving to Canada. I can't stand it. Well, it's tempting to say to you, uh, Mark, leave. Yeah. Go. You know, enjoy that socialism. Yeah, because they are pretty hardcore socialists right now with their leader. Uh, Justin Trudeau is a socialist. And if that's what you love, go enjoy it. Yeah, he says no, he wants love to it. stay and defend his country and do what he thinks is right and not retreat and hide under the cover. No, go. Go to Canada and it's, see how that works out. It's been a long for period you. from, I say, 1983 to 2015 that you seem like you were hiding under the covers. Um, <laughs> no. no, he did cartoon voices. He did do a cartoon he, he voices. Did a, he did a few cartoon voices. Which is, oh, and then, and then he did a lot. You know, you get the, uh, he had a huge role in that last Star Wars, I'll tell you that. Uh, important role. It lasted over a minute and a half. <laughs> At least. Over a minute and well, a half. I don't know, not a full well, okay, half. not over. Uh, but in <laughs> fact, a, probably a little under. <laughs> I mean, I really, and I, I will say this, uh, this has nothing to do with his political opinion, but I mean, you go back and you watch the initial Star Wars, which I love, they're movies I love, but he's not Still good at them. He's actually not a good actor. And I swear, I well, swear to you that they kept him and they did what they did in this last Star Wars because they wanted to hide it as long as possible. Yeah. Because once he starts yeah. acting again, it's true. It's, he's just not good. He's not convincing. And do you think that might have had something to do? With his absence from 1983 to 2016 <laughs> yes, in any motion picture made. or any television series or I actually I think, it was a dry area there. Did he uh, show up on decades. was he on Babylon 5 or something uh, like that? Uh, a few episodes, I think. I mean, got a bunch of voice work, though, man. But yeah, a, lot a lot of voice work. work. He has done a lot of voice work. I'll, I'll give him that. But as an actor, I mean, the actor from Star Wars you know, and you might say, well, he was typecast. Are you telling me Han Solo wasn't typecast? Right, exactly. Harrison Ford somehow survived that. I mean, Chewbacca became was in a, lots of stuff. Chewbacca was in all kinds of oh, movies. Yeah, all sorts uh, of movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm looking but at... Wookiees, man, they're good actors. Oh, they're really good they're actors. They're just, uh, they're known as a planet for, for producing really quality Hollywood actors. I mean, I'm looking for one, I mean, like, I mean, t I mean the voice work, as you point out, Jeffy, yeah. is extremely... Extensive. Extensive. I mean, the guy made plenty sure of money yes. throughout this period. And, you know, why bother, honestly, doing anything else if you can get the voice work gigs? Because they're awesome. Um, but, I mean, really, you went from really Return of the Jedi after that. There is, I mean, almost nothing. He yeah, legitimately, a couple TV, couple TV shows. Yeah. That's it. Was he in Babylon 5? Is that I one of his credits? It. Maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Um but I mean, yeah, and and obviously a lot of the other I don't see Babylon Five in here. Um, no. uh, there are a lot of, a lot of the other actors uh, uh, did very well uh, after Star Wars. Uh, you know, obviously Harrison Ford is one of them. Actually, the highest. Carrie Fisher had some some um, roles. Um, Five thirty eight did a while. breakdown about this. Who was most successful? Well, obviously uh, Harrison Ford. It wasn't guy. Harrison Ford, though. I don't think. Um, most successful. Uh, let me look this up because this is All right. uh, this is a typical patent stew. Yes, it is. Segment <laughs> where like we're thinking yes, about this yes. on the fly, and I know this is actually going to be good, uh, interesting. Um, uh, but it, it is a uh, let's see. Here we go. One of the things you know, while you're looking that up, I will say that he's done uh, in post production. Now he's got two Brigsby Bear episodes uh, in post production. Um, oh, what thank is you for that? that up. I mean, he's, he's what is Brigsby Bear? He's Ted Hope. 
as Brigsby Bear. I don't. I don't know what Brigsby oh, Bear yeah. is. It's he so was. Good. I mean, the voice work is insanely. I mean, he really is. Yeah, he's, prolific he is prolific with that. that and yeah. that on that front. I, I will give you that. Why don't we take a quick break as this thing loads up, and we'll uh, come okay. on the other side. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Beck is the phone number. But we're going to have the Luke Skywalker information for you. It's coming. So you need it. Deal with it. Typical. Like I remember uh, generally, boy. so here's here's my. I have a couple qualifiers on the Star Wars story. All talking right. about who's the most successful. I think it's the way I phrased it was who's the most successful after Star right, Wars. Right, because we were talking about first of all the irritating thing that Luke Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill, uh, said about the uh, Trump cabinet that they're despicable people. Which eh, shut up. <laughs> uh, and then we were talking about what a bad actor he is and and why he hasn't had a part since Return of the Jedi. Really, other than voice work. And when others have transcended Star Wars, like Harrison Ford. Right. So you were pointing out that Harrison Ford was the most successful. Yeah. So uh, the, way it's, the way it's categorized is how many roles they got afterwards. Okay. Um, so you could see that could theoretically be uh, manipulated and that yeah. like, you could have a lot of crappy roles, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other part about it is it, it did include the prequels. So that, I don't think your calculus initially was about, you weren't talking about the prequels, which were made. Now, of course, they, right, they came Mark Hamill had a lot more time to get additional roles. So theoretically, he, he should outperform the people in the prequels. But there were famous people in the prequels, like Samuel L. Jackson, who actually tops the list. Oh. Um, oh. So oh, that on. is the one. That's what okay, I Okay, so if we're talking the original if we're talking the originals, Ford, it is Harrison Ford. Um, the number two. Is Samuel L. Jackson ahead of him? In box office take, uh, it's how many roles after? So roles. how many movies? And, and Samuel Jackson right. is, is so we're not talking about money here. Not I mean, about Samuel money. Jackson is in every um, movie. Yeah, made. He's in exactly. Every movie. So since, but he's good in the prequels. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Um, so and and he was the fifth highest billing uh, on in the prequels. All right. Um, uh, and he got uh, he's had fifty six movies since then. Wow. Uh, Liam Neeson um, was the number one prequel uh, billing in, in his movie. He's had 48 since. He's second. Han Solo, number two billing. He's had 46 since. Then it's James Earl Jones with 44. So he's only two two behind. He had 44. Mm. Ewan McGregor has had 40. John Ratzenberger uh, has had uh, 37. John Ratzenberger? He was actually in the first, I can't remember which one what? of the first series. He's like a guard. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. You got to see. The scene, really? Yeah, so yeah. that's what he does. Yeah, oh, it's he just okay. he just appears. Uh, then you have uh, Frank Oz, uh, Carrie Fisher had thirty three. Um, then you get some other kind of uh, random people. Just straight up movie roles. Yep. since Star Wars. Natalie Portman's had twenty four. Huh. You got some of the big ones. Mark Hamill has had twenty. Uh, that actually now that could be voice work, I guess, because I mean Ratzenberger, a lot of his would be voice work. Oh, yeah. Um, but still, he's still even with the voice work, a lot of it's TV, not film roles. So only yeah. twenty, and he's down towards the end. Um, he's the lowest. He's the lowest um, recognizable name, with the exception of Billy D. Williams, who actually finishes in dead last with only fourteen, behind Warwick Davis. The the wicket. Yeah. And then uh, Julian Glover, Ralph Brown, Terrence Stamp, Jack Thompson, 
Angus McKinney's. I've been a, Dominic an West. Angus McKinney fan for a long time. Those are all the people that Mark Hamill beats, by the way. <laughs> Billy D. Williams and all those people. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so there you it, go. It's really unfortunate that uh, Mark Hamill didn't learn anything from the movies he was so famous for. Um, you know, about the Empire and about force and about government intervention in your life mm. and uh, about how oppressive that can be to people. I. Apparently, he learned nothing. I, you know, I can see bad. people think, you know, it's difficult. Normally, I would say the people who are named in a Republican, uh, look, let's put it this way. If Mitt Romney won this election mm. instead, he was the candidate and he beat Donald Trump. If Jeb Bush was the candidate and he beat Donald Trump. If John Kasich were the candidate and he beat Donald Trump. With the exception of Jeff Sessions, they all could have made exactly the same cabinet picks. Yeah. Now, Sessions, I think, would stand out <laughs> to people like Kasich and Bush because he's so, so hardline against immigration. However, Ted Cruz could have picked Jeff Sessions. Um, you know, uh, sure. uh, uh, you know, there are several, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, some of the other, Bobby Jindal could have picked Jeff Sessions. Um, mm-hmm. There are several people that were ran as Republicans that if they won, they could have picked. But I think probably Sessions stands out because obviously he was a Trump loyalist and probably would not have been picked by um, uh, some of those other candidates. But Chow, absolutely a standard pick by any of the Republicans. Probably two establishment for people like Cruz uh, and uh, Rand Paul. Um, but probably uh, wouldn't, but absolutely Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, uh, John Kasich, Elaine Chow, absolutely. Um, uh, DeVos, the, uh, the education secretary, mm-hmm. absolutely. Jeb Bush praised her uh, gushingly. Uh, you know, um, Flynn, another loyalist exception probably to that. Because, I mean, I don't think most of these people would, would appoint Democrats to high-level roles. Trump obviously did do that. But other than that, uh, I mean, this is a pretty standard Republican cabinet so far. So obviously the media would be saying this about the Romney picks. If Romney came in and put Tom Price in as the HHS secretary, they would be saying, oh, this extra crazy Obamacare opponent has been appointed to this important role. They'd be complaining anyway. So there's no real reason to worry about their complaints or a Mark Hamill complaint. You're only an extremist if you're on the right. There can be no left-wing extremists. No. You notice that? It really is true. There just really I mean, aren't Fidel any. Castro is a good example of that. Not an extreme. If he's not a no, left-wing extremist, extreme. I don't know mm-hmm. what, what can be. Hugo Chavez wasn't nope. extreme. Uh, Jay. <laughs> guy, Jay, not, not extreme. extreme. And Obama's uh, mainstream. I mean, Obama's right down the middle. and not a. He was not an ideologue at all. He was a pragmatist. Oh, okay. All right, thank um, you for it, that. Uh, someone wrote a, 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 a story that I was reading yesterday about uh, the scale of how liberal or moderate presidents have been. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, you know, the point of it was it's hard to have an ideological score on Donald Trump because, like, if he takes a hardcore, uh, immig- harsh uh, immigration stance on the border and advocates for a trillion-dollar stimulus, if you put those on a scale, you come out with a moderate. But that's not really a moderate. Right. Mm-hmm. Like a moderate is not someone who's hardcore on immigration and hardcore on spending yeah. and, not, and not restraining spending, but actually spending the money. So it's a kind of weird. But he comes out as the most moderate candidate um, that there's been in a really long time um, where Bush and and this is a scale where Bush is conservative and Obama's liberal. How we kind of understand the world. Uh, Trump comes out as very moderate on mm-hmm. that scale. I think there's problems with that because he's not really moderate. I think he's. Very liberal and very conservative on things. 
um, which is a weird combination. I mean, he is to the left of even Bernie Sanders, at least equal to Bernie Sanders on trade. Um, So it's a weird dynamic. We're going to see how that plays out in America. (laughs) Get ready. (laughs) Very special Christmas treat coming up for you. Next. Triple eight seven two seven. Back yesterday, we started talking about Christmas and uh, Christmas movies and the the Hallmark. And we, this happens to us every year because I'm kind of hung up on the Hallmark movie channel this time of year. I, they've got two channels now, two channels. Yeah, two Hallmarks. Uh, and they're back to back on my oh really on my system yeah. seven thirty nine and seven forty. They're right there, baby. And they're right there, man. And so if you don't like one of the movies, you, you go to the other one, and then they're all virtually exactly the same. I think our cable box, I don't, I don't believe they go to any other channels now. My wife has it set, so it's just those. Because you have, you have Hallmark, you have Lifetime. You have Lifetime, too, yeah. Follow yeah. yeah. Lifetime. Right, right. And then uh, also ABC Family does a bunch of Which does which is not called 25 ABC. Nights of Christmas or What's something. What's it called? Life Form? Form, yes, form. Was, it's not ABC. Lifeline, free form. Free form. Are they still doing their Christmas thing then? I don't know. Maybe That's not. A good question. No. Maybe Ooh. they've got. Maybe they. Yeah, been they able, may have changed. I mean, you think because of how many, um, how well those things do. Oh, I mean, they're oiled machines now on Hallmark and free Lifetime. Is, are they still doing the uh, uh, Christmas stuff? Because it's, it, you could make so much money doing it. So I, I, they probably do. Well, they're all terrible productions. <laughs> they get. You know, C-list actors, or D. And uh, they slop together some kind of plot that has Christmas involved. And and it's virtually the same thing every time. And they just throw it out there. But it's we gobble make, it up. Right. It's supposed to make you feel warm at Christmas. Yeah. The people who, like, are changing their priorities mm-hmm. around and, and, you know, finding love. And, and you know, the mm-hmm. typical and Christmas spirit crap. And every once in a while. Which I love. You know, somebody is going to be Santa Claus, and you you yeah. think they're just a nice old man. Yeah, I will say and, that my <laughs> least favorite genre of those films is the when they're actually supernatural. Santa. Like mm-hmm. you run into a guy who looks exactly like Santa, <laughs> but he's working as a janitor, and you're supposed to act it, like believe that they didn't, they couldn't pick it up, they or, just could not see it was. Or Santa Mrs. Claus comes to town trying to yeah. increase Christmas spirit so the reindeer can fly or whatever. Yeah, the, the supernatural elements of it are the yeah, worst I, ones, I, but uh, they're still funny. But, I mean, but do you know funny. that? Hallmark did 19 new movies this year. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Look at that. 19. Look at that. That's astounding. They did 14 last year, if I remember right. They did 19 this year. I mean, that's 33 freaking movies in two years. That's hard work. That are brand new, and they just keep throwing them out there, and we just keep gobbling them up. So anyway, we were talking about this dumb movie that you and Lisa saw. Over the weekend, uh, called uh, Christmas, Christmas cookie. cookie. Yes, and uh, we have the uh, trailer for a Christmas Cookie. Uh, check this out for a minute. 
Oh. The magical town of Cookie Jar is about to meet oh. an unexpected oh, guest. Jar. My name's Hannah Harper. I'm with National Foods. Jay Carter. <laughs> Hannah. Will she take over the town's cookie factory? This is oh, a very boy. generous offer. Before he steals her heart. Why don't you come to my aunt's for dinner tonight? Professional dinner? I thought you said we were going to talk about business. I said we were going to talk. Jill Wagner. It takes a little bit of love to make something really special. Christmas cookies. I mean, it's not, <laughs> that's the whole movie. One whole movie. That's not the whole movie. <laughs> They absolutely stole the Christmas. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. They stole the Christmas twist. And I I hope they did. I mean, uh, that would make me so happy if they did. Because we think it's a reverse parody. Like, they took our parody movie and made it into a real movie. (laughs) (laughs) We have a conspiracy theory on this. It is one of the worst I've ever seen. On your recommendation, I I watched it last night. I don't think it's one of the worst. Well, they're all absolutely terrible. terrible. I feel like it's on the lower end of the upper tier. Where it's like, <laughs> do you? Yes, because there's two tiers huh. in these movies. We kind of discussed okay. this yesterday a little bit. Yeah, we did. There's the, the ones where they, they'll invest in someone you might know, or mm-hmm. they'll spend a little bit on production. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, the, like of the 19, probably 10 of them will be like so bad that like somebody made them almost with a home camera. Mm-hmm. And the acting is so horrible. Mm-hmm. And the um, story so dumb. And the, and the defining characteristic of all of them, t- lower tier, higher tier is the ch- children actors are so horrible. <laughs> like, they are all so... Now, children actors, it's hard. Look, Star Wars. I mean, they, they oh, had the biggest yeah. budget of any movie ever. They brought back the prequels. And they brought the and, worst and actor And he was terrible. It's hard time. to find good kid actors. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they can never find one in, uh, in these Hallmark movies. But we really legitimately think that this is almost exactly the exact uh, same plot as a uh, Christmas uh, twist. Uh, and so we thought... Because there's a traditional annual showing of a Christmas twist that happens on Pat and Stu and the Wonderful World of Stu. And probably will again. And will definitely again on our last day. By the way, schedule that, Marissa. Last day, we're going to be running this thing again. We can run it as the last thing so we can leave a few minutes early. Um, but No, uh, we'll stay and watch. Stu. I mean, we'll, we'll stay, stay and watch. watch. Uh, but I, I, every time I, love the, I watch this, I still love it. And Pat's performance... Uh, is one of the charming, Tremendous. I think one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, although is, Jeffy is, is excellent in it as well. I appreciate it, but mm-hmm. the Pat, there's a there's a walk-off scene from Pat that's probably one of the best scenes. <laughs> and you're so mm-hmm. charming and lovable in it. <laughs> like, I just, you're such a, you're such a warm well, it figure. Well, it wasn't much of a stretch you know? for me, Stu, <laughs> as you know. Saying, uh, it really wasn't much of a stretch. Relaxing. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just who I am. Uh, there, but uh, here it is for your Christmas, uh, <laughs> to warm your Christmas heart your, and bring you Christmas spirit and get Santa's reindeer off the ground. Uh-huh. Here's a Christmas twist. And with only three reported deaths, organizers say the annual children's flammable toy exhibition will be held again next season. Finally, the city has announced plans to go ahead with its proposed combination handgun, cigarette, and pork rind factory. The site for this slice of heaven on earth is our own historic hometown square. And so far, all 300 existing tenants have decided to sell, except for Noel Anderson, owner of local cookie store, The Christmas Twist.
Honey, turn off the TV. I've got amazing news. <laughs> I just closed another business deal. Since, you know, I'm a businessman. And now I'm officially getting that big business commission. Uh, I wish you wouldn't always talk about money around the holidays. But honey, now I can afford the one thing I really wanted. <gasps> Noel, will you marry me? Dad, that's the biggest diamond I've ever seen. Of course it is. From the richest boyfriend you've ever had. What do you say to a lifetime of Thad? Well, I guess so. Did you hear that, world? She said, I guess so. Oh, this is the greatest day of my life. We're going to have the best Christmas ever. Like a family. Me, you, and my money. Wow, is it cold out there. I bet Santa himself will get frostbite. Did you finish decorating at least? I sure did. I hung up so much tinsel that now I've got tinsels instead of tonsils. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, are you watching TV? Okay, just because I was driving here and I was then parking and then walking in doesn't mean that I didn't understand that news was about to break. Quick, turn it on! And in case you just happen to turn your television set on, there is breaking news. In an attempt to go ahead with the new handgun cigarette pork grind factory, the mayor has officially made public an offer to buy the lone holdout local cookie store, the Christmas Twist. The mayor announced his offer for the 600-square-foot cookie store. $11 million. But he did place one condition. Store owner Noel Anderson only has 24 hours to decide. It's now safe to turn your television off again. In other news, my kitty cat, Noodles, is still missing. (laughs) $11 million for this dump? You bought it for 18 grand. I know, but how can you put a price tag on Christmas? Um, you're not selling Christmas. You're selling a meaningless collection of bricks and asbestos walls covered in toxic lead tinsel. Dad, how can you say Christmas is meaningless? I I didn't say that. Just listen to me. Maybe if you just ran a cookie store, or you ran a Christmas cookie store, or you just ran a butter cookie store, but you only sell the pretzel-shaped butter cookies. Nobody likes the pretzel-shaped butter cookies. Oh, really? Then why did I sell three to customers this year? Well, two of them were me, and the other one was a guy hiding from an Amber Alert. This is the worst business model of all time. It's not a business model. It's my dream. I am far too businessy for this. You have 24 business hours to decide. (sighs) It's okay, Noelle. It's okay. You know, my grandpappy used to say, if it's all about the money, then it's all about nothing. Of course, when he said that, he was talking about a dollar thirty-eight. <laughs> this is eleven million dollars. That's like John Kerry wife money, right? What's wrong with you? Well, it all started one night when I was looking at the Christmas lights and I ran over a homeless person. Wait. You ran over what? 
crushed every bone in my body. My pancreas is still in your wheel well. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be okay. Oh, homeless vagrant, what can I do to make your pancreasless Christmas spirit live on? There's only one thing. You know, other than calling 911. I really always wanted to open up a Christmas cookie store. I can do that. I'm an amazing baker. I can make snickerdoodle, chocolate chip, molasses. The store can only sell those pretzel butter cookies. The ones that nobody likes. <laughs> That's the worst business model I've ever heard, like in the history of mankind. No, no, it's, it's not a business model. It's, it's by... So, you killed a homeless person, huh? Well, I guess that's the way the cookie crumbles, huh? They <laughs> 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 <Is it> good. <laughs> I hear you got a crapper to be plunged. Yes, I stopped up the crapper. I've just been so stressed with my store closing that last night I binged on fig pudding. Ooh, that'll stop yeah. up a crapper, all right. I, I love fig pudding and the crapper. Really? We have so much in common. I love fig pudding, and I clogged up my crapper last night, too. <laughs> supposed to believe that my cat noodles ends up dead the same weekend george soros just happens to be in town and in other news we finally find out the future of our new handgun cigarette and pork rind factory in just 12 hours 12 hours from now mark your calendar noelle anderson will make her big decision Still no word on why the mayor decided to make the deadline a national holiday. Or why the mayor would present the offer on the TV. Honey, did you make your decision yet? Um... Look, I understand that this story is your dream. Your heart, your soul, your deal that you made as you committed what a jury would likely consider manslaughter and killing a homeless man hallucinating about cookies. But it's $11 million dollars. Don't be an idiot. How can you talk about dollars and manslaughter at a time like this? We can't sell the store. Where would all my pretzel cookies go? Uh, they're not alive. It's, it's not materially where they would go. Where will people buy their pretzel cookies for Santa? Santa loves these cookies. Noel, Santa wants chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> yeah. You take that back. Take it back. Noel, 
You want to think about your pretzel cookies? It's not about the money. It's about how dumb you are. I mean, it's, it's a little bit about the money, but it's mostly about how dumb you are. I can't marry someone this dumb. Unless it's a Kardashian, maybe. I, look, sell the store, or I'm calling the engagement off. You now have 12 business hours to decide! Ho, ho, ho's here! It's Uncle Billy. Oh, no, what's wrong, Noelle? I might lose my store. Mm. My businessman fiance gave me an ultimatum, and I think I'm in love mm-hmm. with a common laborer. Oh, my. Who looks suspiciously like the homeless man that I ran over. Mm. Except he's wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. And I'm so torn. Yeah. Well, you know, Noelle, my grandpappy was once faced with a Christmas choice. A choice just like yours. Should he marry his male lover? Or a really fat homeless man plumber he met when he stopped up the crapper. Well, who did, who did he choose? Ah, neither. He was hit by a blonde woman in an SUV and left to die on the road with no explanation. But that's the moral of Christmas time, right? So what you're, what you're saying is that I should marry my mean fiancé? No, stupid. Oh, you're so stupid. How can you be this dumb? I mean, that's stupid. So then what you're saying is that I should choose the plumber? Yes. Wow. Jeez, I'm really starting to see where your fiancé is coming from. You are stupid. Stupid. I mean, really dumb. Okay, well, I hope I have enough time to go stop up the toilet again. Right? Well, I mean, you are stupid. Can you do it? I don't know. That is stupid. I mean, I... <laughs> oh, should I marry my mean fiance? Yeah, dummy, go ahead. <sighs> so did you make a decision? I have a businessman meeting to go to in the business world. Yes, I did. I, I did make a decision. I choose the Christmas spirit. And I choose this plumber with potentially no future. He's homeless. But I just met him, and he believes in me, and he believes in my store. Uh, Good luck with that. Good luck with your stupid store with the pretzel cookies and this pointless plumber idiot. All of it's it's the big pipe dream. You know, because the pipes, he happens to work with pipes, and that's his his chosen profession. It's a pipe, pipe dream. I think it worked. I don't understand why you didn't. Now, let's go fix that crapper. Together. You know, before I get started fixing your crapper, I just want to say that I might not be a businessman like your businessman boyfriend. I might not have the intelligence, the pleasant odor, or the lack of mouth sores. I can't even afford a big fancy ring. But I can't afford this. Wait, did you just find that on the floor? Well, yes, but that doesn't change the question. Will you marry me? Yes! I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do this.
kind of happy story right there. That really is. That's a heartwarming I mean, Christmas. For that, it actually worked out really well. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, which it did. is not exactly a surprise considering it happened on my show. <clears throat> exactly. Ah, triple eight seven two seven back. Everyone else died. I seriously think <laughs> the Christmas cookies it's is a direct all- ripoff of yes. the Christmas. Right, quest. like I mean, they're not going to make everybody die in the end. They're not going to have as many no, crapper jokes. Not. Right, uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna try to hide the fact that they stole the idea from us a little bit. But is that a thing? Like where you take a parody movie and you make a real movie out of it? I think this is the first time it's ever been done. It, I mean, it's a new thing. It's a new but thing. But it's still got a, a lot thing. of movies to crank out, right? They've cranked out how many how many dozens of movies now in the last two or three years? Yeah, yeah, I almost three dozen. So it's pretty impressive. All right. Uh, one thing is certain: uh, there's probably some changes coming. You know, it feels like something is brewing because something probably is. Yeah. I mean, what if you happen to, let's say, live in a town called Christmas Jar, and then you have a Christmas cookie factory, right? In which your entire uh, economy. Uh, is based on this one stupid cookie company. And then uh, this person from a national food company, creatively called mm. National Foods, shows up <laughs> to purchase it and wipe out your town. Well, I mean, the town itself is creatively called Cookie Jar, and it's... Because uh, they make the cookies there, Pat. They make the cookies there in Cookie Jar, uh, which is uh, amazing. Anyway... If you don't have any of those things going for you, what you can do is take control of your long-term emergency food supply uh, and go buy some for My Patriot Supply. They uh, they can help you prepare for whatever eventuality happens. It's it, four, four weeks of, uh, of easy-to-prepare food for only $99 plus free shipping. The food tastes great, and it lasts up to 25 years. The Miss Uncle's... Aunt Sally's cookies will not last 25 years. No. So you can load up right before they close or something and think you're going to last through the winter. It's not going to happen. You're going to die. You're (laughs) going to die a horrible death unless you call my Patriot Supply. And do that today. 888-411-5290. Or just go to preparewiththeblaze.com. It's that easy. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Triple eight seven two seven. Beck, are you seeing a lot of uh, a lot of <clears throat> Christmas lights up already in your neighborhood? Uh, it seemed like there was more. Uh, pre-Thanksgiving that I remember. Yeah. Um, although it's not, you know, there's some houses that have them on now. I, I haven't noticed more than normal for post-Thanksgiving, but pre-Thanksgiving, it seemed like the lights went mm-hmm. on early this year. They sure did. Yeah. They did. And maybe everybody felt like us, uh, where we were just ready for Christmas. Oh. Okay, we're, we're sick and tired of the election and all that nonsense. Jeffy. It, yeah. 
sick of Jeffy, but I mean, that never goes away. Right. Uh, I, but I'm just, it just adds on, it adds to it for us. Yeah, it, it does. It does. So we have a little added incentive. Uh, but what I've noticed this year is I'm that. i my wife always wants Christmas decorations up. Yeah, she does really early. Like, too. yeah, like <laughs> June. Yeah, I mean, she would. <laughs> I can't you take noticed, him anymore. Have you ever seen those commercials where they have that? Uh, it's like a spotlight that shines on your house, and it casts these laser yeah. lights all over your house, yeah. or you could point them at a tree, and it'll. I got some. There, you have them. Oh yeah. Oh, only gosh. we, only we got the ones uh, <laughs> that uh, we have them in the house. Mm-hmm. Not outside the house. Okay. Uh, so they have the snowflakes and I, stuff in the main hallway. All right. Well, now that, that, that might be cool. I, I I think it is so cheesy. On well, some the of them, side of well, house. some of them look. Some of them are, are really it cheesy. So but you could, there's a step up. There's tears. Oh, there's tears of house so lights. Bad. Uh, some of the ones that are a little bit more expensive uh, yeah. do look a lot better. The, do they? The, one, the ones that I got uh, for the inside the house, I got. You know, they were like. I don't know, three or four bucks, which are supposed to be for outside. If they were outside, they would be bad. Yes. But for this hallway Maybe area, that's what it entrance is. area, mm-hmm. they look pretty good. It's kind of cute. Kind of cute. In this nice house in our neighborhood has <laughs> these little, you know, laser pin lights pointed all at it. So it's this red and green thing all over the front of the house. And it's like, I mean... Uh, what is that? That well, looks terrible. Snowy. Yeah, I feel doing? like it, I feel like it's a, a like instead of having to decorate your whole house, yes, they just yes. point one thing it's at it. It's the lazy man's, I, and I like it from that perspective. Yeah, I guess so. But I, yeah, you're I, right. I I'm not, well, I'm not started a, out, it was supposed I'm to be just a, a garage door. I am not. See, a this fan. is they actually stepped up the business model because <laughs> I remember when they first started, it was just a garage door because I can remember my folks wanting one. To set it, you know, hook it up in the driveway so it was just on the garage door so you see it snowing. on the, And then the next year it's like, yeah, we can do the whole house. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it's snowing or whatever, that's a different deal. This is supposed to act as if it's lighting on your house. Right. And all it is is a laser reflection from this from this spotlight. <laughs> I mean, and you can get it in red and green. Oh, now I'm feeling Christmas. I uh, wh- don't what, do that. What's your vibe on inflatables? Don't do I don't like them. Yeah, you know, I gotta say another I'm, cheesy factor. That's that's new. It's got to be something Jeffy has in front of his house. I would say in March. <clears> you know, yes, uh, in, in I May. Have a, I have a lot of inflatables yes. inside the house too, still. But that's another story. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> of course, the perfect. Retort every time. <laughs> Always making it worse. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it. I understand it if you have little kids. Like I, yeah. I don't think we'd ever. I don't think we'd ever do it. But I can understand. Uh, I just don't like them. But I think. I think I can understand. Like you got kids, you want yeah, to put them the inflatable. Love them. Like they love them. Yeah, what I don't um, like most of all about those is when you have a small yard and you use one of the gigantic <laughs> inflatables. Um, it overwhelms. House that happened once when Jeffy walked out in front of a small home. Yes, that's, we're like, hey, that's happened often. Well, look at that. Why well, you got the giant inflatable in front of your house? That's funny. The other day, it was, a, it was hey, a how do you get your inflatable to stand like that and be so quiet? Normally, they're noisy. <laughs> it was a sunny day the other day. He walked outside, and all of a sudden, there was a solar eclipse. And, uh, uh, <laughs> so that happens sometimes. That's too. Happened. It occurs. So, yeah, it occurs. But, uh, um, but anyway, uh, Merry Christmas is coming to many McDonald's workers. Um, 500 restaurants have been updated. We talked about this a little bit, I think, on radio yesterday, and maybe patents do as well. But uh, the same thing is, is happening now. 500 stores, San Francisco, Boston, Chicago, D.C., and Seattle. They get the upgrades to these new stores. And I, I actually kind of like this in that uh, you are going touchscreen. 
Uh, so you're not going to have to talk to anybody. Maybe we did talk about this yesterday. It's feeling like I'm getting... We did it on radio. Just radio? We did it on radio. I, think, I don't think we did it on... Because I remember we talked about it on radio because I, we didn't have enough time to get to... Uh, I kind of like the idea of it at maybe a McDonald's, but you know, I like the interaction with the people. Yeah, here's the thing that you don't understand about that is they don't like the interaction with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like they, the interaction They hate with them. it. Mm-hmm. It's the worst part of their day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That can't be. Even, even machines that would turn themselves be. off if you came in and started touching them. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, it's funny because uh, I really do think that there's an efficiency of it. Like Wawa was the first place I remember yeah. in, in Pennsylvania that had these touch screens. And you go up to a deli, you have a deli screen, poop, you press poop. the thing, and it gives you all the options that they have. So you don't have to say, like, what do you have? And, well, can you put this on but remove this? Just do it. So mm, you know it's right. right going to them. And then they, and all they have to do is read it. I'd much rather have that system. And they're also talking about, and I don't think we talk, uh, covered this yesterday, mobile ordering. So you could s- just walk in, sit down at a table, don't even go up to the counter, get out your phone out, or as you're walking yeah, in, get your phone yeah, out, yeah. type in them whatever table, I guess, whatever table number you're at, and then they'll just bring the food out. You can do it right on your phone. Pretty cool. You can do that at Panera Bread cool. now. You can do that, that at, cool. uh, I think Olive Garden has those ordering at the tables too, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, there's another level of this, Jeffy. I'm glad you brought this up because I'm intri- this is fascinating to me. Anything about food, uh, but they have uh, at Chili's has them, Olive Garden has them. There's a few of them that have it, which are oh, yeah, no. like almost like personal table iPads. Yes. Um, and so you're touch screening your order, and you can add things. You can hey, I need a refill of my soda. Um, yes. They have like little video games on there for the kids, and you can do all that right from your table, which is really cool. I mean, because and you pay, and you pay there, and, and that is the the biggest pet peeve I have about restaurants is the time from when I take my last bite to when I leave. That time I want to be zero seconds. Yeah, I want <laughs> like. Well, you want to be able to leave when you want to leave, right? Obviously. And I Not, hate and and I, more specifically, whether it's zero seconds or fifteen minutes, it's still your decision. Not or, theirs. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and so what I don't like is I want to walk out and I have to wait for them to come and then drop the check, which then I have to give mm-hmm. them my card and then they walk it back again and then check me mm-hmm. out and come back and that. But mm-hmm. the worst part of that process is the time from when I'm done eating to the time they drop the check. I right. hate that time. It's like, I just want to leave. Like I, and the good thing is here, you just, you press your bill, you slide your card, you walk out. Right. That's nice. Nice. That is nice. And they are, are apparently... Uh, doing this with the table service than the touch screens because they've lost a lot of customers lately to places like Shake Shack. Uh, and here's the thing about Shake Shack compared to McDonald's: it's way better food. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you can combat fairly that. the. Yes I, well, that I, mean, yes. I mean, it is. Yes. It is really good. Shake Shack is not even the same species Correct. as McDonald's. Yeah, that's I, true. I, I, I mean, don't know maybe, how they compete with that. Maybe literally. So literally, literally, literally McDonald's shouldn't be competing with that. McDonald's they is can't. McDonald's. They can't compete yeah. with that. Stop and, trying and to be they, something you're not. Right. And and there's another problem with McDonald's because for a while they've been doing this healthier thing. Yes. Hey, try the new McTail. We've got McQuinoa. <laughs> hey, we. I, I don't want McQuinoa. Okay. I don't. Hey, that's not why you go to McDonald's. <laughs> I want McQuinoa. Do you really? <laughs> I try it. Of course, try McQuinoa. Does. I do not. I so, but they're doing um, that, and they're doing the breakfast, the all-day breakfast thing, and that's and tur- helped turn the company around. And that's, yes, it is, that's helping that a, a lot. Great move. It, it, what's amazing about move. 
about move. it is it's one of those ideas that every schlub th- that went to McDonald's. Why did you sell this all day? Oh, you don't understand. We'd have to change right. this, this, and this, and it wouldn't be worth Our it. Our priors no! don't Come on, work. man. I want it at night after I'm drunk. Uh-huh. No, idiot. You, we're uh-huh. not going to do that. And they finally listened to the drunk moron in the drive-thru, and now it's turned their company around. It's yeah. huge. It's, it's like, huge. It's pretty rare. When the, when the idiotic like idea that everyone tweets winds up being the thing that saves the company, well, I must uh, say that yeah. it, it had to be. Yeah. It was about time. I mean, how many times were you f- frustrated over the years on a Sunday or a Saturday going in there and it's after ten? Oh yeah, or yeah. after eleven. Right, it's ten thirty or whatever. It's ten thirty-five. I know. Sorry, I don't, we don't want. Do I don't now. want a cheeseburger. I know. Right. I mean, they would say. Remember that. Um, uh, Moderately okay movie, Falling Down with Michael Douglas. Do you remember oh, that movie? I love that. I liked it Classic. because you know he just loses his mind and just goes on like a crime spree around town because he's pissed <laughs> off about everything. Um, but one of the things he's pissed off about is he gets to a, a breakfast place at like eleven oh five and he can't get it. And that used to be the com- that used to be a real complaint for like everyone in fast food it was constant. We're it's already like, here. Yeah, we're already here. Come on, just make me one more. Like sometimes you look over and they'd have like one. Like survivor uh, in the, the hash brown rack, <laughs> you know, and you'd be like, "Yes, there's one hash brown left." And you could just get that. Uh, now it's right. it's a big deal. I mean, I, I get I yeah. get I take advantage of the breakfast all day thing, as you might be able to tell. But I mean, I, I go when I go to McDonald's, I get it a lot for like dinner, lunch. I really like breakfast all throughout the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just my favorite. A lot of it's people a good do. Meal. A lot of it's people do. Meal. Yeah, and now they, they added McGriddles too. And um, they've, they've added a bunch of things. Yeah, so now it's not like a really limited But the menu. thing is, the point is, stop trying to be something that you're not. Yeah, but they... You're McDonald's. Well, but they're they're bars. getting healthier, they French say. fries, cheeseburger, chocolate shake. Let's move on. I know. But they, I now they've cut like artificial that. preservatives, you, which I don't think that's a bad thing. Don't start with your quinoa crap. What I'm saying is, I, we do a show here, um, and on it is Spoons, where we try all mm. the new innovative products. I like when they try new innovative products. I just don't necessarily want them to be healthy. Like, I want them to try the crazy burger with, like, onion rings on it. I want them to try. Yeah. To and you know who does that is Hardee's, and they do Hardee's, that really yes. well. Hardee does they make a big it. deal out of how we're super unhealthy and we're proud of it. And we're, I think that's a good way to go. <laughs> yes. It's a fast food restaurant. You're right. not looking for healthy there. Would you guys be interested, and this isn't for me per se, but would you guys be interested in um, a spoons on the new thing they're trying to jack in the box, which is... Uh, uh, Oh, it's the brunch. Brunch. Yeah, uh, brunch, like fest, brunch, brunch fest, fest or, or whatever it is. So it's breakfast and lunch yeah, to combine yeah. on a sandwich, like a uh-huh. burger with egg and bacon. That sounds like, good, actually. It's like You know what, Stu? Yes. I don't know about, I don't want to speak for Pat, yeah. but yes. I, you know, I'm willing to go out on a limb and try. Yeah, me wow, too. Wow, thank I mean, you for the show. For the show. Mm-hmm. For the wow, show. that's really nice. Normally yeah. we wouldn't, that's as you really know. Nice. Yeah, Normally really we nice. would not. We would say, no, that's way unhealthy. Um, by by the way, while we're talking about spoons, coming up in just a couple minutes, we are going to have another adventure to the Texas State Fair. Yes, last okay, yesterday good. we tried the Thanksgiving balls, oh, those uh, nasty. which Jeffy did not like. Did not like the Thanksgiving I mean, I didn't think they were that bad. If I remember Because it was cranberry stuff to dip in, right? And then yeah. inside you had stuffing, yeah. mashed potatoes, turkey, yeah, the gravy. Like, did, no, the dipping was sus was the cranberry and the gravy, and those they were those were nasty. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. No, nasty. they weren't. You've you got to have the gravy and cranberry sauce. Oh, oh, Jeffy was not into it. Let's no. be honest about it. Uh, but we'll have another episode <laughs> of that coming up in just a minute. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. Back in a second. I'm sorry, Pat. Gravy was. You got to do the gravy right. And cranberry sauce is no. Yeah, place you don't know there. what you're talking. Cranberry sauce. Yeah, you don't even no like hollandaise. Anyway. You don't like hollandaise. You don't like bernays. Oh, you don't like any of that sauce.
can't be found. It felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. So speaking of food and longevity, there's a couple stories out uh, last week that uh, I thought was fascinating. Uh, cheese. Cheese. Mm. Now there's a, uh, there's a compound in cheese called spermidine that is uh, Wait, made what? for longevity. Spur, S-P-E-R-M-I-D-I-N-E. Okay. okay. I like how he's talking down to you. How, how dare you think there's something dirty in that word? <laughs> he's, I just can't take your silliness. How dare you bring up a I mean, dark, negative about thing cheese. about that word? We're talking about cheese. <laughs> it's it, it is spermidine, and you, you act like that? It's, it's called spermidine? Spermidine. I think what All he's right. saying is cheese is sacrosanct, and you don't, mm. you don't oh, okay. make cheese All right. icky. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Right? Go ahead. Correct. Okay, thank you. And that particular compound mm-hmm. is linked to... Uh, Good health and longevity, and it is now and in babies, cheese. and babies. Yes, you can, I mean you know, well, sure, of course. Why would, why would it not be babies? I will say, I do. Uh, cheese is delicious. Um, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Of I'm it. a fan of cheese. I, I, I don't know anyone who's not. It's kind of like my favorite food. <laughs> if I had to pick one thing, yes, I think that's true. It's like you know, because I it, everything that I like in Goes life that's not a dessert goes well well i know i'll get to that in a second but like everything i like you know every pasta i like pizza you know sandwich uh all those things i want cheese on right like so right about you're knocking out almost every food i want to eat and then desserts you got uh cheesecake you got uh you 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 have um cream you have like cream cheese icing Mm -hmm. which is pretty delicious you got chocolate chip cookies you got uh, got ice cream with cheese you got uh what? Oh, you can eat cheese with anything, Stu. Is that? I thought that's what well, we were people, talking about. You know what people do a lot is the <laughs> slice of American cheese on top of pie. How yeah, do you feel apple about pie. That? I've, uh, I've never tried that, but yeah. it's an interesting that's concept. A, that's I, a spoons episode. It is, I, uh, it is, I, I love that do, for right? a spoons episode because that's the type of thing we want to yeah, do for science. I love that. To, uh, and we have a spoons coming up in just a minute. Go ahead. Do you Tim. melt? We also, do you melt the cheese on top of the pie? Yeah, melted cheese on top of the pie. All right, go ahead. Well, we'll get done here, so we do have the big spoons from the fair. Another fair episode coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one of the things, one of the oldest people on earth, Emma Morana, 117 years old. Oh, wow. man, that's an incredible story. That's a hundred, think of that, 117. In itself, in itself that's an incredible story. Yeah, just that I mean, she lived to 117. She's, she's now the last person uh, born before 1900. On right? the whole face of the planet, she's the only one who can say she was born in the 1800s. Right. That's amazing. That sure is. That is absolutely astounding. And she credits uh, living that long uh, thanks to uh, eggs. Yeah. Uh, over, she claims she's probably eaten over 100,000 eggs, which is probably possible. But uh, a doctor once told her uh, she needed to eat more eggs because of uh, disease. What was it? Her um, uh, anemia, to treat her anemia as a child. And uh, eat more eggs, and so she just continued to eat eggs, and it's now 117 years. Think later. of this: she retired at 65 years old. That was 52 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> right? She's been retired for 52 years. Her husband died in 1938. No, they were divorced. Holy crap. No, she didn't no, like that's him. That's right, she was single, right? Yeah, she didn't like him. I, yeah, I think, she didn't, she didn't I, like hubby, so she's, she, yeah, they I think, divorced. I think she kicked him out of the house, and then he died. Or, yeah, yeah. They were divorced in 1938. And she's been single since. Uh, and she's been single ever since. So, like, that's going on 100 years. 
Hi, they just, it's amazing life. And these are going to start happening more and more. I mean, yeah. you know, yes. my uh, wife's grandma is 94. and That's getting there, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's yep. going to get there. Still got a ways to go to get to 117. But she's still but They just did it. She just went to the doctor. They're like, yeah, everything's perfectly fine. Wow. I mean, is she all there? And can she get yeah, around? Is she mobile? Or? Yeah, I mean, my wife's you know, grandma. There's, there's limitations to all of the things that you'd expect. But I mean, know, she's I, still doing pretty well. I know she probably doesn't dance. but uh, uh, Well, she did just have to quit her uh, job on the trapeze, <laughs> uh, which was really disappointing for her. She can now. So she's not on the high wire anymore. Not anymore. Okay. No, no. she just. Oh, she bad. only. She still does the juggling on a unicycle, though. All right. So that's, she's not still kinda, that's not bad. That's not bad. it's better. It than is nothing. going to happen more and more, even as, as we push along. I mean, my wife's yeah. grandmother lived to be 101. Wow. And that's. I mean, that's even. I had an aunt who lived to 103. Yeah, uh, right. yeah that's amazing. Be, it's like baseball, where I remember when I was a kid. Nobody threw a hundred miles right. an hour. So the you one guy. never saw a yeah. pitch go over a hundred miles an hour. It was legendary if you did. Mm-hmm. Now there's like six guys, many of which you don't even know, like they're not even that great, and they'll throw a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, at least. And then there's one, the one guy, one who guy who threw one hundred six. Yeah, one hundred yeah. six. He's topped out at one hundred six. Yeah. You never thought you'd see that in your lifetime. Incredible, right? right? I mean, it's amazing. that is uh, amazing. that is amazing. Anything and I know we don't, well, I know we don't have enough time, so we'll just do a quick story on uh, the NFL. We've talked a lot about uh, viewership declining, yeah. and uh, what's going on. But uh, the most watched NFL games in 2016, not only four of them with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, all of them huge. Viewership, Dallas, Washington, the Thanksgiving game, yeah. most yeah. watched game, thirty-five million viewers, and that was the most watched regular season game in quite a long time. Yeah, in quite a long time, yeah, yeah. it was like I mean that was a I mean look, it was thirty-five million viewers. Yeah. Dallas, Pittsburgh, Whoa. the week before, twenty-eight million, almost twenty-nine. People million. love the Cowboys when they're good; it helps ratings. So yes, yeah. obviously, all those people are horrible people. Um, <laughs> that like the Cowboys? Yes, if you it's like tough them. not to like them. I'll oh, tell you no, that. it's not. Oh, I'm really good at it. I'm it really is good tough at hating their not cuts. to like them. I'm I mean, really, it's the, not the tough Dak, at all. The, the Dak and Zeke. Oh my God, it's so easy. To I can totally on. help you with this. Um, and we'll, we'll <laughs> I know you're a little frustrated uh, because yeah, your team is uh, way. I mean, Dallas yeah. can see you down there at the end of the at the bottom of the. That's well, strange. and especially uh, you know when my Packers uh, kick your did. ass. They did. They did kick their ass. Sadly, uh, that is actually who the Eagles are. Like, that's not like a, hey, wow, your team really just blows. They're just not good. I will say, though, I expected them to beat the Packers. As badly oh, as I the Packers too. have played the last four games, yeah, I, I thought the Eagles were going to tear them apart. And they've actually played, I mean, it was a pretty competitive first half. Yeah, it was. Uh, the Eagles played pretty well It's just that well Aaron Rodgers played lights out for, for the first great. time I've seen all season. I, I've missed a couple of games where he played pretty well. But he was awesome. He was Aaron Rodgers again last oh, night. He looked great. He was phenomenal. Back with Spoons coming up in just a moment. Live from the, well, live on tape from the fair. To the fair, fair, fair. fair. Is there a chance that I could win that truck? Yeah. Oh. What do I got to do, just spin it? Yeah. Okay, so on this wheel... Where does it say truck? How do I win the How do I win the truck? Oh, you don't win the truck on the wheel. No, we got free hotel stays or later. How do I win the truck? You fill out the entry form. They're gonna draw a name. But I don't. I can't spin to win the truck. No. Come on, Dallas. Come on, Dallas. I want to hear Dallas. Big I want to see city, Dallas, city. Dallas, big, Dallas. Big, Dallas. Come oh, on, Dallas. Here. Come on. Oh, oh, you get 
nowhere. Salt Lake. You get a koozie. No, actually, nowhere. It's not on Salt Lake City. That's good enough for Salt Lake City. Oh, look at that. Nice. You did get a koozie, though. Oh, nice. So hold on. Here's the thing. Are we going to have to deal with freaking personality Jeffy? Personality Jeffy is the one when we go out, he goes and talks to everyone. Everybody. And, and he, oh, hey, I want to talk to you because I find you interesting. Let's delay everyone. Uh, yeah, and then he says milk, usually. Or, or 18. Who was the one that said they were thirsty? Me. Oh, you can have this one. I'm just, I'll take a sip and a. You can have this. Have a sip first. Okay. Very fizzy. Okay, we're here at the Texas State Fair. Fruity. We are trying yet another food item. This one is, I will say this is weird. This is called an edible cola. Can we walk as we're doing so this? So we're supposed to eat the glass? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, well, yes, oh, really? that's kind of the concept. So it's edible cola, but all that means is they made the glass out of something edible. In this case, I would describe it largely as essentially a glorified fruit roll-up. Um, yeah. So there's, I think that one's called cotton candy. This one's caramel apple. And so the soda inside, I guess, is apple, and then I don't know. Or carrot, I don't know. So yeah, the, I, if you get stop here real quick, I get the. This is the consistency of the cup. Watch, you can kind of like fold it, like so. You kind of get the idea. It's a little weird, and it's already sticking to my hands, which is why they have this little handy piece of paper on the outside to like, so your hands don't get too sticky. But here, let me try it. This is, a, I think, this is the apple. You want to bite a one in? No. Go ahead. Just this end. No, it's Sorry. been in your hand. I know, but just this end, you're going to take it's a bite. It's been in your hand. It's been in your hand before, too. Uh, yeah, but you, but he's gross. Okay, so I think you got to drink and bite, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Mm, not really. <laughs> it's a weird thing to do. That's weird. But it's cool that you can eat your glass. I mean, these are all novelty things, right? You're not going to do this every day. Willy Wonka did. Yeah. Willy Wonka picked up a flower, took a drink out of it, and took a big bite out of the end. Um, he did. Have you ever had um, soda that was poured into a fruit roll-up? The answer to that is yes. <coughs> then you're now like us, yes. because we've just done that. <laughs> That's exactly what this is. The soda is just like apple soda. This is actually, the fruit roll-up thing's pretty good. It's like a... It is like a caramel it, apple thing. What is good about the roll-up is that actually you don't get them this thick out of the packages that you buy at the grocery store. Not that I ever purchased any. Surprise. You've been to a grocery store before. That's a, that's a big shocker. I don't understand what that... Overall, I mean, yeah. very much a novelty thing. Would you give it on the scale? Would not buy it again. I would give it a 6 out of 18. Jeffy? Jeffy? Yeah, let's stick with the 7. I'd give it about a five. Yeah. Four or five. Fun to say you did it, but yeah. kind of yeah. like, you know. But we're done. People who have gone on dates with Jeffy. It's like it's a good story, but you never want to do it again. I get one out of them. That's all I need. Uh, uh.